Pro Wrestling Viewpoint with Mike Shea. Well, Mr. Shea, we're back once again after a week off. Thank you to Vacation Time. So to all of our fans who are listening and wondering where we were, I'm apologizing. I had another family vacation, my last one of the summer. Lovely bit of camping with the family, out on the boat. Didn't catch a damn thing, but my daughter caught a little sunfish. And yeah. uh, her girlfriend caught a little smallmouth bass. Oh, there you go. About two inches long. So. And we'd like to announce, in addition to the uh, Ferguson family, little uh, Lola had six puppies. That's right. That's right. Three boys, three girls, early on Monday morning at 12.30 she started and was finished by 4.30. My goodness, what a long night that was. There but they're go. not here for the pups. <laughs> Otherwise, Penelope would be here already. So She's hanging with Connor over in the other room, so she won't be bugging us today. That's right. <laughs> so it's just going to be me and Tim. I know there's some disappointment with our fans. That's right. They can follow her on Instagram. I'm sure it's Penelope Murder Dog is the best. I think it's just Penelope Murder Dog, yes. That's right. <laughs> She's on Instagram. Follow and like. That's right. <laughs> oh, she had a great time seeing me when I showed up today. Poor Connor nearly got dragged right across the lawn trying to control her. <laughs> He's going, come on, we're going to take her for a walk. And she goes, no, I'm going in the house. I know who that is. We're going in. Yeah. So, anyways... So, we had a big weekend this past weekend. We had the all-in event at Wembley Stadium. Uh, prior to that, we had some rather uh, distressing news in the world of wrestling. We had Cash Wheeler being arrested for ag- aggravated assault with a firearm. Apparently a bit of a road rage issue and something might have been blown out of proportion. From um, all aspects that I kind of read, like I saw the court uh, when he was getting bail. Yes. And it just seems, because he's like, I don't even know who you're talking about. Like, he seemed pretty genuine, and it's like, hmm? So, I, I, we'll see what comes of that. Yeah, there's a lot of concern with that leading up to the uh, all-in pay-per-view, that uh, maybe the FTR would not be part of the pay-per-view to take on the Bucks. The uh, best part was they did not uh, hold his passport. Yes. And I think that, and the judge kind of knew who he was. But I think it was it was a thing of, this is an accusation, not a fact. Yes. So... So, thankfully that didn't happen, and they did get to have a match with the Young Bucks. Apparently it was a good match, uh, from what I've been told. Well, FTR can't have a bad match. doesn't no. matter who you put them with. No, even they... if the Bucks... Your, your friend's the Bucks. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, half of that match is good. No. <laughs> That's right. The beginning uh, and the end. <laughs> yeah. FTR, I mean, God bless them, because they, they can have a match with anybody. I mean, I watched it. It was good. Otherwise, I don't care much for Bucks matches. They just seem to. I think when you watch the FTR match versus the Bucks, they controlled the pace and things were going to go on. It wasn't just a typical. Let's go in there and hit every spot. We know that the Bucks do. Like lots of times, you watch their match. It's like, ugh, twenty-two minutes in. This is about twenty minutes too long. Mm-hmm. It just go and go and go. It's like bring an ending. Uh, they built it with false finishes to an ending, which was decent. Yes. But the way they built to it, as we've seen them do. I mean, FTR going back to NXT, mm-hmm. right? I mean, well, they didn't get to do that much on Raw because they did crap with them on Raw. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as most things do when, when Vince was in control with uh, people coming out from NXT. But anyways, going back to Wembley Stadium, they had over 81,000 paid. Uh, the number was um, a genuine number. When Tony Khan was asked about the numbers that they were releasing, he wanted it to be authentic. Yeah, right? 80- he, didn't, he didn't want to have the, the comps, any of the other tickets that were given for sponsors or anything like that. 
they wanted a true reflection so people don't say, well, that's a fake number. 81,035 right. was yes. the exact number, and they gave away 6,000 um, complimentary tickets, six, just under seven. I mean, so when you have that 90,000 fans there for a pretty good event. Yeah. You know, um, they, they were 1,000 and change, 1,000, uh, 1,200 and change before the day, day before the show to sell out. Mm-hmm. So the seating they had sold out. I nice. mean, I can't see not another 1,200 fans show, not showing up. Well, this is true. Well, the, there was a lot of problems apparently over in the UK with the uh, the trains. I guess there was a strike over there. So that was certainly impacting the ability for people to be able to get to the show on time. Bloody hell. No kidding, well, eh? CM Punk could make it using the, using, using the tube, as they call it. <laughs> well, speaking of Mr. Punk, you know, there is not an AEW event without Mr. Punk being involved. And let's start off. So apparently the day of the event, he was supposed to have somebody arrive at the um, airport. airport for him. There was nobody there. He tried to contact whoever had phone number four, got no answer, ended up having to take a tube, ended up getting directions from people. So this was uh, the start of CM Punk's day. I guess a fan, actually. There's pictures on, on I think it was Twitter, Punk's Twitter and on Reddit and all that. With a fan, a fan actually helped get him to the arena. Yes, so he used to say that seemed to be a bit of a foreshadowing of what was going to be happening later on in the day. And sure enough, at the event, we have a CM Punk issue. Well, is it is it a CM Punk issue, or is it a Jungle Jack Perry entitlement? I'll do what I want issue. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens because of the whole nonsense that came along with this whole story with uh, CM Punk and Perry. After Perry got into it with him, uh, after being slammed on the limo um, of the windshield and saying, cry me a river. Looking right at the camera. Looking right at the camera, basically, to point towards CM Punk. I guess CM Punk was in the production area at uh, the entranceway. And when he came back from the match, the uh, the two of them got into words. And apparently Tony Khan was also there and had some words with CM Punk as well. So so what I've also read from a number of reports, Jungle Boy shouldered him at, as well and then came up and got in his face. And Even then, better. And then through, from what is being reported, through a punch at Punk and Punk proceeded to choke him out. So... And I mean, they're doing an investigation, and Tony Khan saw the whole thing. Actually, Tony Khan had monitors fall over on him. So I'm not sure what there's to investigate when you've seen everything. Well, you've seen everything. You were there. Oh, by the way, Wembley Stadium also has recordings of everything going on in the arena. That's right. So that's fully available. Yeah. They. Oh, yeah. They, and directly of that incident, they've got video of it. So we'll be inter- it'll be interesting to see, you know, everybody talks about whatever. We'll see what happens. And it, it, <laughs> I, it just, I just shake my head at this. You do what the higher-up guys tell you to do. And as we know, Punk is running Collision mm-hmm. or has a strong hand in running it. And he told him not to do something and he had to cry and take a fit about it. And then try to, like, you're not just pissing on Punk. Tony Khan told you not to do it. Tony Schiavone said, listen, when we had Goldberg do that, he almost tore an artery, like, messed up an artery. He wouldn't have been able to lose his, use his hand. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor said, do not use real glass. 
And there was somebody else, one of the producers, said the same thing. Yeah. So this isn't you just pissing on punk because your buddies there, um, uh, the Young Bucks and the Elite, did the same kind of thing and, and was whining. You know, they, they, they've this is the problem that I've seen. Tony Khan has set a standard now because the Young Bucks are pulling this shit and trying to get away and getting away with it. Then you have now you have all these other guys talking crap about uh, about punk. You had their their camera guy talk shit about punk. What's it? What's mm-hmm. that idiot's name that has his job because he's the best friends of the Bucks? No idea. Yeah, uh, a waste of energy. You know the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, culture or something like that. Yeah, and and it set a environment for people to do this kind of thing i came up in the business i didn't talk shit the guys higher up no nope. i mean you don't it's one thing if some guy tries to talk shit and try to get at you and try to be a, yeah you have to defend yourself but this has set a standard for everybody to act and cause so much drama and let's go back four years ago, or sorry five years ago to the original all in mm-hmm. this is the exact opposite what that all in was this all in was let's all get together and have some great matches it started with a nothing uh, nothing other than a wwe event can fill a ten thousand seat arena by dave Meltzer, and it took cody rhodes to say i accept that challenge and you know what and of all the guys and all this and and the 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 bucks and the elite we were here and we built this no i i say cody rhodes built this Mm -hmm. cody rhodes built aew he's the guy who said Want to bet? I'm all in, you know, and started this and got that together. And he put this together. They might have had some money and somebody, his wife running the T-shirts and all that other crap. But Cody Rhodes was the heart and soul of AEW. Mm-hmm. 100%. And now you've got Punk and Perry currently suspended. Don't know why. Like we said, there's more than enough information. I think it's more has to do with legal and determining what's going on. The fact that Perry was the one who's kicked out of the arena makes you wonder, you know, was it really Perry that, that started it? But again, Punk's match hadn't happened yet. Were they really going to risk not having that match? Well, Punk almost said, I'm not going out there. That's right. He was, he was pissed, and he's like, and rightfully so. You have these guys being disrespectful and acting like that, and then you start a fight with a guy who's about to go through the curtain. That's one of the money matches. Let's say they're pissing around, and that goes on, and Punk tweaks his knee. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? That's right. Okay, so okay, go out there and Joe, you're going to attack him and it's going to do an injury. The fans are going to be pissed. It's like, could you imagine this shit going on at a WWE event? Absolutely. Yeah, I, he- I just shake my head. I think this is ridiculous. I mean, I think this is all has to be taken under control. And guys like the Elite, Jack Perry, uh, was it Sammy Guevara who got into it with Andrade? Guys mm-hmm. like that all have to be like, all right, stop your crap, guys. You know, you guys need to get it under control and stop acting like children. This isn't high school. Yeah. Well, there was a report from Meltzer and Alvarez that apparently um, Miro got into it with Punk. But apparently it was completely blown out of proportion as it was a Miro making fun of the situation and Punk and him having a laugh. Yeah. And it's like, my goodness, anything to get a headline, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like Mero was it? Yeah, Mero posted uh, that it was a joke. Yes. And after he's like, and he's taken. He was doing some shots things with Punk back and forth on Twitter, but not nothing serious. No, no, it's just garbage. 
But again, that's what we said all the way along to Tony Khan. Sure, I'm proud that they did this. You know, it's great for the business, right? You want to have this kind of competition. You want to have wrestlers have a place to go when there's no monopoly, right? You don't want WWE to be the only monopoly out there. So you want these other companies. Uh, we've got Impact getting ready to celebrate their thousandth episode. Yeah. Good for them, yeah. right? Um, but Tony Khan needs to get control of the locker room. Tony Khan needs to put somebody in charge so that you're all in, or any of your events have emotion, have drama. That's one of the big criticisms that have come out of All In is it was just a giant independent wrestling show. It was matches. Don't get me wrong. The match qualities were very good, but there was nothing behind it. There nothing. was really no storylines that really made people want to buy it. They bought all these tickets before anything was even really announced. Yeah. Right? Now, now let's see. So, if they, so the, can the, we do it again in 2024? With them announcing it, now people, like, this was supposed to be, with WrestleMania. I, you remember WrestleMania 1? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, I was driving home from work, I heard Cindy Lauper and a couple of other things. I'm like, oh, it reminds me of WrestleMania. Oh, the build-up, you know, with, with her giving mm -hmm. that plaque to Albano and Piper coming out, smashing over his head. The next week, you had T Mr. T in the crowd. He got involved. They jumped on him. Then they'd, uh, they had Hogan come up, and they were off to the races. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, but with this, it was like, hey, let me light that fire firecracker. <laughs> Just fizzled out. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. I looked at that, and I was like, okay. I mean, it was a decent show. This was their chance to make a mark yes. and really put themselves out there in the world. Yeah, it put, got them out there. Yeah, they sold 85,000 tickets. But it, but really, okay, and now what? There, right. Because nothing makes me go, I got to I gotta see their next show that's 85 that, that, uh, in Wembley because, oh my God, it's going to be true. Like, it was matches, but there was no oomph to it. Well, exactly. And they got all out. Happening this weekend. This week, yes. So why do you have two back-to-back pay-per-views? Yeah. Right? Well, Especially it, after... I can understand being in the UK and wanting to take advantage of being there. But why wouldn't you just have some house shows? Get get more opportunity for, for your, your audience to grow. But it's not even in the UK. It's in Chicago. Oh, is it? And now, oh, now, now, now they've got... They're in Chicago and they have no CM Punk. Huh. I wonder how many tickets are going to be sent back. Well, it'll be interesting to see what that crowd is like. Yeah. Are they going to chant for Punk? Are they going to chant a lot of things that are derogatory towards <laughs> AEW or Jack Perry, yeah. right? Or even Tony Khan. Well, you know, this is the thing. From all intents and purposes, from what everybody says, Tony Khan is a great guy and a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And I see these, the elite, Jack Perry, these other guys that are taking advantage of his good nature mm -hmm. and his money and what he's trying to do. And honestly, when it came to re-signing all those guys, like when it came to the, the elite and that, that had been the first step to, to set an example to be like, yeah, this, yeah, this shit's not going to fly. You're out of here. You got guys, like guys that are professional. Buddy Mur uh, uh, Murphy, you have Malachi Black, you have Brody King right there that can easily step into any of their spots because they're professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, you still have Samoa Joe sitting there. You got Miro that hasn't even been on cards. That's right. Is it, what, was it, what was it last time? Six, uh, how long has it been since? In the last six months, he's been, he's wrestled twice? Something like that. Something like that. It's like, you have... These guys that can sit there and easily fill those spots. And I mean, mm -hmm. they're EVPs. I'm not sure what they do. What do they do? EVPs don't just book your whole match. You better have something to do. The one guy's wife helps run merchandise, or used to. Now it's Pro Wrestling Tees, I guess that does. So what does she... What does 
what do they do? <laughs> you know, and I mean, they made them the highest paid tag team in wrestling history. Oh my God. I'm wasting mean, your money. I think I would, you know, I could put my dog with Lola, Murder <laughs> Dog and Lola together in a tag team, and I think they'd be worth money, more money than those two. Right, oh, Murder Dog? Oh, she's come to join us. Hello, Murder Dog. That's right. Penelope Murder Dog. Yeah, she heard me talking about her. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I sound frustrated because I look at this and I see the potential that they have with AEW, and it's being sh- crapped on yep. by the guys who are supposed to be running the company. That's right. You know, and it's like they're supposed to be setting the example, not kicking in doors and then getting their ass kicked because that's what happened. Let's be serious. Mm-hmm. You went into a guy's personal locker room, that is on you. You know, now you got this guy coming up and getting in a guy's face, bumping him, and then throwing the first punch and getting his ass handed to him. That's only one guy's fault. That's right. F around and find out. And he found out. 100%. You know, don't let fear and common sense stand in your way. And he didn't because he thought he was going to be a big man. And he had his ass whooped. Mm-hmm. And next. <laughs> yeah. And moving on, we got Impact Wrestling. Impact had a all-hands call. The other day, uh, to address some upcoming news, they're apparently going to be having some major upgrades happening to the production facility starting this fall, and those uh, changes will be state-of-the-art production technology and advancements, and that'll be basically seen by their next great big pay-per-view, uh, Bound for Glory, I believe, is the yes. one that's going to be seen. And so, yeah, good luck they to them. They had Slam over, yeah, so it's Bound for Glory, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, they've had uh, some good shows here in Toronto. They're actually uh, been in they're at a CNE just last week, I believe. Yeah. Last weekend, and um, you know, good for them for making sure that they're getting to the big events. Um, you know, they are the little engine that could, and they still put on very good shows. They got some great talent there and some good storylines. And uh, let's hope the additional state-of-the-art production uh, improvements will help uh, entice more people to watch their product, and uh, hopefully they'll get uh, stronger attendance. So they can have uh, more shows across the country and hell across the world. More competition is better. And, you know, and what I like about them and their idea, the way they're doing things and the way Scott Demore runs things, we're, they're not trying to compete with the WWE. They're nope. trying to make money. Yes. And that's what, who cares what Vince is doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can watch him like, oh, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, or when it comes to... AEW or whatever. I mean, there's not. Is there many good ideas in AEW? But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, like right now it's become so negative over there. But you know, yep. the thing about Scott Demore and that, them though, they're like, let's just run our business, let's make money, let's put on a good product, and that's what they're worried about. And that is the thing that'll help make them succeed. Well, exactly. Look, look at what Impact did, right? So, regardless of what you think about Dixie Carter and that, one of the big things that they did was the feast or famine. Right, yeah. the modification of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah, you know, you got a chance to be a champion, uh, a couple of different championship type matches, or you can be fired. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. interesting, intriguing, right? If you have somebody's contract ending, it's a great way to write them off. Yeah, right. Um, but there's all these suspense. What if all these people you know, if you're a wrestling mark or a fan, uh, is really into the the business, and you know that everybody's locked into a long term contract. And all of a sudden, you have your four big people who's getting fired. Yeah. Right? Or What are they doing? Or right? if there's only one guy and you think, oh, come on, it's going to be him. Oh, he didn't lose. What? So what's going on with that? I mean, I think, and I think that was a Jeff Jarrett, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Jarrett idea. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, not to keep going to AEW, they put <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Jarrett there. Yes. And you could just utilize, and people talk can talk crap and whatever, but utilize his, he has so... 
not just his experience. He grew up in the business. Mm-hmm. He's got experience going back to his grandmother, who who ran who ran the tickets and ran ran Memphis. Mm-hmm. She was a Memphis she was a Memphis promoter with his dad Jerry, and she took tickets and was a part of the business before. Like he just knows what he's doing. Like, man, it's like if you could. I've got ideas for new EVPs over there, and, and let me tell you, I'll, sh- I'll tell you three guys that doesn't include. You That's know right. what I mean? Uh, uh, They're you, certainly not elite. No, <laughs> it's like you, you know. But these are the ideas that you can come up with, and the creativity that's in that that they have sitting there. That you brought that up, and like I said, and Scott Demore, he he, that guy in wrestling can make chicken salad out of the chicken. Not that anybody mm-hmm. on that. No. On that roster, I'm not saying that, but yeah. I'm saying he can take somebody that WWE, like we've seen it. Multiple They times. don't see somebody in. He's going to bring them in to make money with them. Yes. You know, he knows what he's doing. So not to keep putting the guy over. I mean, I don't know, know him. I mean, I've been on cards and we've spoken and so forth and so on. But, you know, it's like the guy knows what he's talking about. No, he's infamous, right? He's infamous for BCW. Yeah. Right? When Impact Port started wrestling, out, yeah. we got the Canadians. Yeah. Right? Team Canada. Team Canada. Yeah. Where did they come from? BCW. Yeah. Right? Bobby Pete, Bobby, Bobby Roode, Eric, Eric Young, Young um, Tyson, Dukes, Tyson Dukes, and Johnny Devine. Exactly. Right? So you have this core that has always been part of the Impact history. And the fact that you're going into a thousand episodes of this show. The fact that you still have enticing storylines. And again, it's what you're selling. You're selling the emotion. You're selling the reason for me to want to watch your program, want to buy your ticket, want to buy your merchandise, want to cheer and be emotionally invested in your product. Yeah. Right? I've, I've got to see this because of exactly. this. Like, it's almost, you know, you, you see the fans on side and you got the, this tribalism. If you like wrestling, like what you watch, what you like. And don't worry about the rest of it. That's right. You know, but I mean, you've got the AEW all oh, great match thing that all the, the those fans are saying. Then you got the the you know the, those guys say, oh, WWE talks too much, too much story. Well, you know, you almost got that fine median with in ring action and the storytelling and the drama with mm-hmm. Scott Demore and Impact Wrestling. Yes. You know, if they just need a bigger stage to put it on, mm-hmm. you know. But I I think you know which brings in more money, which helps bring in talent and do more things and such. But, I mean, they've got a lot of good people down there. I mean, Lance Storm's in the back as well now, helping produce. You know, I mean, like I said, Scott, the more um, Gail Kim's down there producing as well with the women's wrestling. But then the people that they have down there, you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things. you got, like, that fine median between the two. Yep. Absolutely. Well, on the uh, side side of news uh we had uh, some major passings this week uh first off we have hall of famer terry funk passing away at the age of 79 terry had been uh, in recent years uh in some uh, uh health issues uh, had been reported a couple times on false uh, reports that he had passed away unfortunately this time it was confirmed by his uh his family that, that he had passed on we would like to wish uh, his family and friends our condolences. Um, I remember Terry Funk being a WWF fan, again, uh, not having an awful lot of uh, visibility because I grew up on a farm and only had the, the antenna, so I only got Channel 11 yeah. and didn't get much. So Is that when he came in and beat up uh, Junkyard Dog? And then... uh, I remember watching the, the Junkyard Dog uh, stuff, and then he basically disappeared. 
And I again watching Maple Leaf Wrestling that you only got events that happened months ago at Maple Leaf Gardens and, and other other tapings. Um, so I always used to go to my video store and rent the videos that had all these other events and you see Terry Funk on it and it wasn't until later that I found out that Terry Funk basically went home because he was paired with the Junkyard Dog and he said, I can't do it anymore. I can't that, wrestle with him. Yeah, I'm done. Was, yeah. And so that, that was his uh, exit to uh, WWF at the time. And uh, eventually yeah. ended up going to um, ECW. Was he, was he going he, did, hardcore crazy? Didn't he go? He went back to. Did he not go back to uh, WW, WCW and had his run with Sting at that point? Might have been. Oh, uh, yeah, 92. No, no, it was before that. Yeah, because he so, had the run with Sting. And then he had he, the run with Sting and then went to ECW, right? Yeah, was it? Because then so. he came back, Memories Chief, yeah. to Charlie for another run. But yeah. he was like, do I, have to, do I have to wrestle the dog? <laughs> you know? It's like, and at that point, I mean, Junkyard Dog had let himself go so bad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he wasn't watching his weight. He wasn't, no. I mean, <clears throat> you know. He, he wasn't what he was when he was uh, on his way up. Well, Canada, you, right? did, you ever see his stuff from Mid-South Wrestling? I'd seen a couple of matches. And it, it was. It was oh, tight. So it was good. I mean, because, well, and Bill Watts wouldn't let it not be anything but good. <laughs> no, exactly. You know? And so when he got up to WWE, he just ended up, uh, you know, again, Vince had his favorites as who he wanted to run with and that, and that's the way it went. I saw um, today a thing online from Houston, the pay sheet, and it was Paul Bosch's promotion in Houston. Chunkier Dog was the highest paid guy on that card, even over Nick Bockwinkel, the world champion. Really? Yeah. It was just, by, by about 500 bucks. It was 2000 and change for one night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was uh, and bo- like 2900 I think, and Bockwinkel was 2450 or something like that. Oh, wow. It was about five, 500 but he got paid more. But he was so over down in the Apparently South. Apparently so. Like, and that was with Mid-South. Yes. And they when because Paul Bosch did work with different companies when he didn't get along with yeah. and moved on and he was doing he only worked a little while with uh, Bill Watts right. but you know but Houston was a, was a one town promotion and uh, they ran every week and they made a crap load of money yeah so but I mean that tells you how popular the Junkyard Dog was oh yeah when Terry Funk was just able to reinvent himself you know going from WWF and going da- back down to the independence and that, and then ending up as a commentator with uh, WCW yep. and having that uh, great uh, match with Flair, yep. putting him through the table at, uh, I think it was Chicago, right? It was. During his uh, run with... Ch- uh, Town, uh, no, Chicago Heat or Chi-Town Rumble or yeah, something Chi-Town like that? Yeah, Chi-Town Rumble. Yeah. Because it was right after the uh, match with uh, East Steamboat. Yes, the, right. where they had the, where him, Fez, and uh, Pat O'Connor as, the, as judges. the judges for that. And then he asked for the title match, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's funny. But going later on, you had uh, you had Sting when he got he was a horseman, mm-hmm. and then they said he won that um, little tournament with him, Muda, Luger, and I can't remember who else it was. Wyndham, maybe. No, it wasn't. But it was. But I mean, oh, Sting! It was Sting. Mm-hmm. Flair, Flair was in that, I believe. Okay. And as well, because why would the world champion be? But he got a title shot from it. Right. And but they made him a horseman. And Oli came back. Arn came back from WWF, mm-hmm. and he, they said you're going to give up the title shot, and they jumped him. But Terry was there doing the uh, commentating, right? Right. And I was thinking, oh, please let Terry jump him. Please let Terry jump him. Please let Terry jump him. <laughs> like then you'd have Terry and Sting versus Arn and Flair and Oli and. Uh, 
and then who did they bring in after? Was it Sid? I think. Yeah. But or Barry came back. Right. But it, it was like that would have been beautiful, but mm-hmm. they didn't do it. Yeah. I was just hoping. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we had uh, the unfortunate news. Um, so over the last few weeks, uh, there have been rumors of Bray Wyatt returning to TV. He'd been off since prior to WrestleMania, and his match being called off with um, Bobby Lashley. Unfortunately, due to uh, COVID, um, Bray Wyatt passed away from a heart attack. He apparently had uh, had COVID earlier in, or sorry, late last year, and it had uh, triggered some underlying heart issues. Um, medical reports have come back that apparently there was a uh, monitoring device that the doctors had recommended for, for Bray to be wearing. Um, but at the time of the um, fatal heart attack, he was not wearing the device. So yeah. whether or not he chose not to have it or um, had taken off for whatever reason, yeah. it was not caught. Uh, again, our condolences to friends and family. Bray Wyatt is a generational talent that will be sorely missed. I got to meet him in 2019 at SummerSlam at the meet and greet. I got to have my picture taken with him. Um, at the time he was, uh, sorry, um, Brody Lee, late Brody Lee had been uh, off injured and it was right before he'd been released and going to AEW. Um, I had an opportunity to talk with Bray Wyatt uh, briefly at the show and he was one of those people that if you ever been to a meet and greet, you're basically treated like cattle. They're just trying to get you one and after another. Yeah. He actually took the time and listened and talked to me. And he was such a genuine guy. And he was my Undertaker moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was one of those characters that just, you just knew this person was just so awe-inspiring. You know? And he was so gracious to listen to me talk and answer my questions and talking about you know hopefully getting um luke harper back into things with the firefly funhouse because at the time he had just come back and was having his his return match with as the fiend at um at SummerSlam against finn balor and it was an unreal experience and to come back from vacation and hear that he passed away i had to double check I thought, oh, you know, somebody's pulling my leg. When I first heard it, too. It was a garbage report. I was like, there's no way. And, and then sure it was enough. Mike Foley reported it. So. Yeah. So it was uh, definitely a, um, a a sad week. Um, hopefully he will get a, an induction. Him and uh, Luke Harper, Brody Lee, will get induction into this year's Hall of Fame. Because those two members of the Wyatt family definitely deserve to be there. Because they took and engaged the audience. They were in such great storylines. They were just so impactful for the short time that they were on the main roster that they had so much potential to do so much more. But for whatever reason, um, fate had different plans. He, and the thing is with Bray Wyatt, I think he, he should have been, I think I mentioned it before, and it should have been the guy that ended Brock Lesnar's streak, mm-hmm. and he should have been, or, or Undertaker sorry, streak. Undertaker's streak, yes. and instead of Brock Lesnar, and he should have been the next Undertaker. Yes. Well, he got the rub from the Undertaker. Yeah. When the Undertaker gave him that, that handshake in the middle of the ring at Raw, his last Raw that he ever did, um, that was truly an awe-inspiring moment. And um, 
you know, to see the other two remaining members of the Wyatt family. You had uh, Rowan, and you had Ron Strowman. Ron Strowman there, and the way they ended the Friday night tribute show with the lantern and the rocking chair. That just said it all. Right. And the, the amount of see, tributes they had, um, hell, even the tributes from AEW at uh, Wembley Stadium with the um, Brody King and um, yeah, House of Black, House came, of out Black out came out with a lantern and left it left um, it out there, and they turned off all the lights, and, and they even mentioned the, the fire. They said the the fan, the uh, what's his name, not Nigel, uh, the commentator said yeah. mentioned the fireflies, and I was I was like. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I like about AEW. They don't care. They'll say stuff like that. And, Absolutely. And it was, you know, it was tremendous because, I mean, he deserved it. He was he was a good good guy. Like, he was one of those guys that just took such a, such pride in his craft. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, story and wrestling, like, it was just the things he did. It was just... And he was only 36. Yeah. You know, he's just so young. There's so he, much potential that he could have gone a He had 15 long years way. easily left. Easily. Yeah. But, um, you know, there'll never be another Bray Wyatt, and we're, uh, we're sad for that. And if that wasn't bad enough, as things happen in threes, Bob Barker, the host of The Price is Right, and former host, guest host of Monday, Monday Night Raw, Raw yeah. when they were doing the guest GMs, he had a... Uh, a memorable time there and had a good time with, I believe it was Chris Jericho. Chris yes. Jericho and him had a good run on during his, uh, his uh, visit with the WWE. They had that happy Gilmore thing. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, with Chris Jericho being the entertainer that he is, he just worked well with, with Bob Barker. And, uh, for those of us who, uh, grew up watching the prices rate as kids, um, you know, he, uh, as the meme out there shows, he got, Closest to a dollar without going over at 99 years. Yeah. So he I lived mean, a good life. Um, he was a great speaker. Uh, he was a very, uh, very popular human being. And, um, you know, he lived a very good, full life. So as things come in threes, hopefully we're out of bad news for a while. Because uh, 2023 has been a rough year for uh, seeing early departures of uh, talented people. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, it's always going to come, but I mean, even if they were 90, mm -hmm. I mean, the way the media makes it look when it comes to wrestling, it's like the dude was 90, like, yeah. he lived a good life, like say, exactly. you know, they, the way they go, oh, these people have died, and it's like, well, yeah. Even, even, even Terry Funk, right? He was <clears throat> 79, but in the last few years, he'd had health issues. Dementia. So, dementia uh, yeah. and all that. So, you know, if you ever, if you ever had a loved one deal with any type of debilitating disease, um you're better to see them go. Like my dad, he passed away in 97, um, but he'd spent three years in a, a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, off and on. And, you know, my grandmother, uh, she went into a hospital with pneumonia, had multiple strokes. They, were, they told her, uh, told the family to make plans. She survived another three years yeah. in a palliative care, right? So there's something about the human spirit, but all she could do was scratch her nose, yeah. right? So you'd rather see them pass on yeah. right? as I much mean, as it's family and right? let's, I was going to say let's be serious I mean he beat his body up from I mean he he like he wrestled from a, his whole life mm -hmm. 
I mean, and, and he trained and he was in the, because his dad, Dory Funk Sr., mm-hmm. ran a promotion in Amarillo. And, you know, like he, he had something to do with the business going on. And he started at a young age. And I mean, traveled, not this on the weekends. I mean, yeah. he, he, you know, somewhat on the weekends, but he, when he wrestled for his dad, he did the territories and the towns. He'd probably five nights a week from a young age. Can you imagine that kind of a beating on your body? Oh, exactly. You know, and then he was world champion. He, he wanted to give the belt. He, when he got rid of the belt, he wanted to give it up because he's like, I can't do it anymore. This is killing me. So, God bless Harley Race who could did it, did it, did it what eight times in however many years of Ric Flair. And I was listening. I think it was Jim Cornette that said Ric Flair was the only one that didn't want to give the belt up when mm-hmm. it was like he, he's like not didn't want to put anyone over, but he yeah. loved what he was doing. It wears on you being on the road like that. And especially then, they, they'd be working seven plus days a week. That's right. You know, tw- sometimes twice on the Sundays. And I mean, taking those bumps in those old rings, I might as well go bump on my on the driveway out there, man. That that's what you're bumping on. That's right. You know. Speaking of being on the road, a couple of IPW shows coming up. We have Friday, September the eighth, at the Aberfoyle Fall Fair in Aberfoyle, in around the Guelph area. Bell time seven p.m. We're happy to be be there for our second year in a row. And on Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m., Saturday, September the 9th, we'll be making our foray into the Petrolia Enniskillen Fall Fair. Yes. With a couple of great opportunities for people to come out and see some live wrestling action, family fun. And if you have opportunities to get to either Petrolia down the Sarnia Way or an Aberfoyle in the Guelph area, we would love to see you. Yeah, come by and say hi and... Uh... You know, let us know you you what you think, what that you watch our show. We're on uh, Rogers TV at ten o'clock on Saturday nights. Uh, we just uh, did the taping. We just did the over voiceovers for um, our season two. That's right. So, you know, it's like I always say, go declare your independence because I mean you've got independent shows all over, and and you know we talk about uh, we just we talked about Impact being at the CNE. Well, before Impact was there. Earlier in the week and coming up this weekend, uh, the first, second, third, yeah. all weekend. Yeah, they you have a uh, classic championship wrestling that's going to be there with a lot of guys, good guys on the show. So yep. go and uh, you know you're down at the X. Go check them out and show them some love, so to speak. I'll be there. You're going to be I'm there. I'm going there. Going to celebrate family birthday. Going to celebrate my birthday with the family and. Uh, so we're doing some funnel cakes and beaver tails and a little bit of wrestling. I say I didn't get a get an invite. I'm sorry, uh, it, it's family only. Well, you know what? Feel free I'm gonna, to show up anyway. I'm going to go to Battle Arts <laughs> and say hi to Yuki Shikawa on uh, tomorrow night, or sorry, Saturday night. There you go. And on the second. So how do you like that? You like there apples? You well, how do you like them <laughs> apples? So you know what we always say? De- uh, you know, declare your independence. We declare our independence. We go to shows constantly. We encourage you to see the future star, superstars of tomorrow, or guys that have been superstars and are coming back around and giving back to the to the uh, pro wrestling uh, industry, so to speak. So go out there this week, find a wrestling event near you, and declare your independence. You've been listening to Pro Wrestling Viewpoint with Mike Shea.